Well, hello everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Front Row Movie Reviews podcast, the podcast for people that actually like movies. And boy, do I like movies, and I like a particular kind of movie, a movie that we haven't talked too much about on this podcast. Um, I am incredibly excited, guys, because uh, after a year of having this podcast, we have finally decided uh, that it's about time that we have a dedicated Disney show. So, for the time being... You are listening to the first episode of Beyond the Mouse. Uh, I say for the time being, just in case we get a cease and desist letter uh, sent uh, our way, I, I've tried to do some internet research and I found out that maybe there might be a travel agency named that, but huh. they're, not, they're not a podcast, right? That's uh, but we are not affiliated in any way with this travel agency. Just don't call yourself a say, dish, you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> say that right off the bat. But um, we, I am... I am a Disney freak, and anybody that knows me knows that uh, I love everything that that company does, right down to their theme parks, and I listen to uh, other weekly podcasts, which, since this is my Disney show, I can uh, plug those a little bit here. I, I listen to Diz Unplugged, um, kind of a weekly roundtable. I like the dude from California does a history stuff. Yeah, that's, that's uh, what I listen to. Is that the Connecting with Walt? Yes. Yeah, And absolutely. he does also the Disneyland history yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's um, right up your alley. I need to listen to it, though. Yeah, the Connecting with Walt stuff has been fantastic. And then I also listen to uh, WDW Radio, uh, Lou Mangello. Actually uh, reached out to him, and he gave me some advice when we were starting up this podcast, nice. uh, which was really cool. So go check out those two shows if you're addicted to Disney like I am or if you want to learn a little bit more. Uh, those are both definitely more Walt Disney World uh, theme park related. And that is something that I'd like to be able to touch on in this show, but we are mo- mainly going to be focusing on uh, the impact of the movies. Now, you might say to me, Craig, we have already heard so much about Disney movies. We've talked about Star Wars. We've talked <laughs> that, about. Again, that just blows my mind. We've That's talked about all the again. Marvel movies. But no, this, uh, we have done, uh, actually going back, we, we did a full disclosure on Inside Out, Disney Pixar property. Uh, but outside of that, we really haven't touched much of the, uh, the Disney animated studios or Disney Pixar properties. And so that's what this show is going to be all about. And with me on this journey, the very first inaugural episode, I've got Scott McFarland. I think we need to throw out your conflict of interest, too. You are a shill for Disney to a fact to where you own stock. You are a shareholder. I am a and shareholder. I think, I think we need to throw that mouse. out. Which is also why we might get a cease and desist <laughs> about the title of this movie. Yeah, I do own stock in Disney. You're um, one one millionth of a percent of stock you own. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think it's like 20 shares. Uh, it's not much, but we do own stock in Disney. My I just, wife Anna I, and I. We've got to be on the up and up here. If we're going to shill a studio, we need to let people know this guy owns the studio. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I own the studio. <laughs> Much like I own the Green Bay Packers with my one share in the, the Green Bay Packers as well. Uh, and then also joining us, uh, it's Brandon Davis. Well, hello. He well, does hello. classics. I he do does classics. classics. <laughs> which is, landing, just which is perfect for this show because uh, what we're going to be talking about today in our segment, we're going to talk about some of the summer films that Disney has come out with. Um, and I'm really one of the only ones that have seen them around the table, except for one movie where we're really going to dive deep into, and that is going to be the remake of The Jungle Book, directed by John Favreau. Uh, just an excellent film, and we're going to d- dissect uh, 
how that movie uh, relates to the old animated classic. But uh, before we get there, I know I'm going long on this introduction, but I just want to say uh, how excited we are about this and what we're going to talk about um, is going to be Disney-related items. I'd like to put one of these episodes out maybe once a month. It might start off to be once a quarter and and just talk about the movies of that season um, and then kind of move forward from there. I know that we have our, our slate of flashbacks and classics that you all love. I don't want to mess with that. Because, um, so. <laughs> heaven forbid, you mess with the slate of flashbacks and classics as we scramble to get them recorded. Well, here's what's funny. is I've got, I've got the Holy fla- God, it's, it's this week. Get to my house. I've got the flashbacks host and I've got the classics host here, so I can't diss either one of your shows. Oh, I was going to say, though, you're like, this intro's running long. I mean, have you listened to my ass? <laughs> my, my intros go way too long. But I, I will tell you that uh, when we talk about favorite movies amongst a lot of the people on the podcast, involved in the podcast. Jeremy, one of his favorite movies is Beauty and the Beast, and I know that that's shared by Sarah, his wife, and Anna, my wife. Um, so many of uh, our favorite childhood movies, like The Lion King and Aladdin and Little Mermaid. Childhood movies, The Lion King. Shut up. <laughs> I all was those, in high school for that movie. Shut up. All those movies just, uh, they, they really are absolutely classics in my mind. Yeah. And so that's what this show is about. And uh-huh. so if you are an, uh, a fan of the mouse at all, uh, we hope that you enjoy our rundown of some of the movies that they have been able to produce. And also, uh, if you're ever looking for advice on uh, Walt Disney World properties to stay at <laughs> uh, or anywhere to go, please uh, either contact myself uh, or mm-hmm. my buddy, my partner in crime that goes to Disney with me every time, uh, Tim. Who's also been on the show many, many times? Uh, he he and I love to go down there to the theme parks. So if you ever have any questions about that, That's shoot nice. shoot me a message. So maybe I'll get to go in the next decade. <laughs> the pro tip: split your room amongst four adults. It really brings down the cost a I'm lot. Still, I'm still paying off the one I took my kid to two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Anna and I have this plan where uh, we've booked a Disney cruise, and, and that we just paid the last bill for that, uh, so we're going on that in February. And then uh, we're we're building up our rewards points. We want to uh, take. Liam out to see our friends in California Excellent. and cool. go down to Anaheim and see Disneyland nice. maybe when he's a littler child because I've heard it's a lot easier to get around the park when he's littler. I took Stasia at three and that was a perfect age. Really? Okay. And she still talks about three years later so she remembers. Oh good, good, good. So then uh, we want to do maybe Disney World like right before he gets into school. Sure. So that's basically where all of my money goes. And I'm okay <laughs> with it. Uh, so who needs retirement? Right? Right. Right. Again, I, chill for Disney. <laughs> actually, funny story. Uh, Anna, Anna and I have had... Let me talk to you about how you can buy stock in the company. Anna and I have had many really conversations hurting. about... Uh, Anna and I have had many conversations about uh, retiring to Central Florida, working the gates at Disney World, and then that way we can You're going to be the old people day. in the walkers? <laughs> Absolutely. You know you know the, the strategy behind that, right? Why whenever you walk into a facility, they have old people greeting you? Uh-huh. It's the grandma and grandpa effect. Oh, yeah. You do not want to steal from your grandma and grandpa. Right. So when you walk into Walmart, the reason why they have the 90-year-old person at the door to say hello to you is because when you see them, you feel bad about stealing from them. Yeah. Just run it out there. Perfect. 
psychology. <laughs> so before we get into our segment today, I want to talk a little bit about some of the other summer movies that came out and why you should go see them or uh, rent them in one of the cases. I, this past weekend, I got a chance to see Zootopia, and that movie uh, snuck up in the box office. I mean, obviously, a Disney animated film, they've been crushing it. Uh, for those of you that don't know, there are there is a difference between the Disney Pixar films and the Disney Animated Studio. When you're talking Disney Animated Studio, that's a Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen, uh, Tangled, and uh, now Zootopia. They try to bring out one of these a year, and Zootopia was incredible because what it did was uh, it took on, much like many Disney movies do, it takes on a, a sensitive topic mm-hmm. of race relations, and it allows for that to be boiled down into a children's movie that you can see, uh, watch, and it doesn't beat you over the head with it. But it also allowed for the animators to make this huge, vast uh, expanse of a world like another movie by Disney Animated Studios, I, for, I failed to mention, which was Big Hero 6, uh, had just such a, a huge expanse of a world that you can go in and, and dive into, and they could do a million Zootopias just based off of this one seminal property because of the, the way that the, the world was truly built. Mm-hmm. And all of the animals are incredible. Uh, they, they all interact with each other in such interesting ways. So I would highly recommend that you go see Zootopia because even as an adult, I think that you would enjoy Zootopia. Um, so if you have children, absolutely rent this movie. Uh, but it is something that I did just get the chance to see over the weekend, and I'm really glad that I did. Uh, so moving on then to the Pixar Disney Pixar property of the year, uh, and that was Finding Dory. I got to see that at the drive-in this past uh, Sunday night, and it was a perfect sequel for that classic Nemo story. A lot of people don't like sequels and how they're done, or they think that they're just cash grabs, but this really had a story to tell. Much like any other um, Disney or Pixar film, uh, this film, I think, was made... And I always find like this hidden meeting, this adult meeting, and some people are probably just like, Craig, shut up. It's, it's just, you know, it's just a nice story. But this show, if you have uh, anybody in your life with any kind of special needs, um, I think that Finding Dory was made to show that everyone can achieve some kind of goal or dream or everyone can be a successful person in life and and finding dory just it it had so many good easter eggs back to the original movie so i highly recommend going out and checking it out i mean obviously ellen degeneres is just uh, a fantastic voice talent in that movie and it it makes a it it does the sequel well. Um, it it really lives up to that Finding Nemo mantle. So I absolutely would uh, recommend that you go check that out. Uh, it should be still in the movie theaters for a while. It's crushing it in the movie yeah. theaters. Yeah. It's still number one. Uh, it's actually going to probably, uh, right now, I, I looked at Box Office Mojo for uh, yesterday. So right now it's at about $390 million domestically. The most highest grossing uh take for any kind of Pixar property was the gut-wrenching 
heartbreaking my one of my favorite movies period Toy Story 3 oh yeah Uh, Toy Story Toy Story 3 made 415 million so Dory's obviously going to crush that Um, so it's it's already rising up there like like crazy did you think about Inside Out is that what you're going to no I was thinking Up Uh, actually scored higher oh yeah you said gut wrenching Up up is like number 4 or 5 yeah but no Toy Story 3 uh, I had man tears Oh yeah, I did too. And mentors. Yeah, absolutely. I thought they were actually gonna kill him. I actually, I, I really, I legitimately thought I was like they're gonna kill these guys. I was listening to do, uh, I think Fat Man on Batman or one of the mini Kevin Smith podcasts, and he called it Schindler's List for Toy Story <laughs> because of the because of the scene where they're going towards the fire. I, like, I thought they were gonna. Die. I was thinking, oh my god, this is how they're gonna end it. They're gonna, they're all holding hands. They're going down together and. We're gonna. We're just gonna end it like this. They went out together. He's <laughs> just like this is gonna be really dark. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But now you've heard me rattle on about some of these movies for long enough. Let's talk about our featured segment um, of this episode of Beyond the Mouse, and that's going to be the uh, remake of The Jungle Book. And this movie was directed by John Favreau. It in, it featured an incredible voice talent, which I know that we're going to be um, getting into that uh, briefly. But let's first talk a little bit about our impressions of this movie uh, and then get into the um, kind of what the the story was and also how the uh, technology interacted with that story and then let's bring it back to the animated classic Jungle Book and talk a little bit about um, kind of compare and contrast with that so uh, Brandon what's your impression of this remake of the Jungle Book? I just sat back when I watched it and just thought, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna think about, you know, the previous incarnation. I mean, obviously, at some point, I was able to because there's so many. Bare necessities popped on. You had to for yeah, but but it was just a great. It was it was a great old fashioned adventure movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just it was fun from beginning to end. Some some heavy things I wasn't expecting. Yeah, um, you know, they kill that wolf kill, dead, killing the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got no. spoiler territory, right? <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I'm sorry to uh, to put that out there, but yeah, I mean, as with uh, many of our podcasts, uh, uh, because this movie has been out, it came out, I believe, in March or April, and so, it made like a billion uh, bucks. So you've seen it. Uh-huh. So we are going to be uh, able to spoil this at least slightly. I mean, you've seen the Jungle Book as well, probably. So uh, we'll go with that. But, but. but this is one of those movies when I heard that Disney was in the process of remaking almost all of their classic animated movies into live action versions. I was like, okay, how are they going to do the Jungle Book? Mm-hmm. And the minute I saw the trailer for it, I was like, man, I I, I can't believe it. And and you're sort of enveloped in this world when you're watching it. You walk outside and you're kind of disappointed that the animals aren't talking <laughs> around you because everything is so uh, everything is so real and so uh, fantastic. It's just the look of it and the way Favreau uh, paces it. Uh, you know, it, it, it was it was just fantastic and it was it was a wonderful throwback to uh, the classic animated movie. But it also formed kind of its own identity because he added a few things into mm-hmm. it that that sort of matured the story a little bit too as well. But uh, no, I just I it's one of those movies that'll go alongside my mantle along with the other classic animated movies. I think. And you mentioned uh, not to to dwell on this too much, but and we'll talk about the future um, live action adaptations. But this is the the. 
really, I mean, you can kind of call this like number two and a half. I mean, I don't know if I would count Maleficent as a live-action remake no. of Sleeping Beauty. So I would say the first live-action remake was Cinderella. Alice. And to, as much as it sucked, Alice was the all first All right. One. Well, I guess you're yeah. right. You're right. It sucked, I, I but put, it was the first one. I set that aside, maybe. But we've, we've had a handful of these now. And maybe other than uh, some of the Alice decisions, and that's just mainly because I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan. But um, He's directing Dumbo, too. Yes, he is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but <laughs> let's see if the crows show up. The other one be before um, the other one that came up before this was Cinderella, and Cinderella. it just absolutely knocked well, it out Cinderella of the park. Cinderella was great. I love. I like. I haven't seen it. I liked Cinderella uh, more than the original for sure. Well, let's let's, uh, let's but, be honest. Cinderella doesn't hold up much from the nineteen forties or thirties. <laughs> you know, it's still a good animated film yeah. though. But but yeah, so absolutely, um, Scott. Let's talk about your first impressions of Jungle Book. Well, I wasn't expecting much. I, I I went to the drive-in. Yes, we still have a drive-in in America. It's great. I went to the drive-in with my uh, my daughter to see it a while back. And um, for me, for a remake to be good, it has to add something to yeah. what the original had. And I think this one does. Uh, Craig, you already mentioned a couple pieces of it. Uh, it was darker than I expected in a good way. Um, I think the boy who played Mowgli was amazing because that kid Neil was Sadie? Act- that kid was acting against nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and he did a very good job acting against blue screens everywhere. Um, I Bill Murray steals the movie for me as Baloo, and I wasn't expecting that as much as I, I love Bill Murray and Baloo is one of my favorite Disney characters, uh-huh. mainly from Tailspin more so than Jungle yeah. Book. <laughs> but Bill Murray is my second favorite voice talent in this movie, but we'll talk about that. This movie also kind of ruined Scarlett Johansson for me because whenever I hear her sexy voice, I think a snake now and it can't. <laughs> so you can't watch her anymore. Oh, I can, I can watch her. It's just whenever I hear no, I mean the movie her. You can't watch that anymore. I like that movie too. Yeah, but <laughs> it's a really those good movie. sexy robots. Scarlett Johansson. I have, I, have not, I have not tried to watch her since I've seen this, but now when we get to the phone sex scene with her and Joaquin Phoenix, it may have a different (laughs) tonal. (laughs) (laughs) But no, Bill Murray just... uh as soon as he pops on, it takes a while in the movie for him to show up. Oh, yeah. It's it's thirty minutes in or so. It I seems think. like it it's, was longer when I was watching it. I didn't. Well, the original one, it's about that too. It is. Yeah. But um, as soon as he pops up, I just I love him as a con artist and just it, it's just perfect. And when he comes to save the day, not once but twice, it's it's very good. So I was really amazed by the movie. Um, I know you said we were going to talk about the um, the technical aspects of it too, but it looked really really good. Yes. Uh, and I feel kind of bad for um, oh, what's his face, Gollum. I'm blanking his Andy Circus. Thank you. I feel bad for Andy Circus because this was supposed to be his big directorial debut, the yeah. next Jungle Book he's making coming out. But John Favreau already knocked it out of the park. So I don't know how Andy Serkis is going to do any better. Well, what they did was they uh, they have pushed push back the release date to that. Good call. Um, because I think that it's smart to be able to to remove its. Try to try to make it to where it's going to fade from public knowledge because that also the Andy Serkis version of Jungle Book it's is based on the book. It, it's also not going to be able to rely on the bare necessities yeah. and Below. other you know <laughs> other um, Disney things that were added into yeah. this movie. So yeah, I, I don't know how that movie's going to fare. I don't think it's going to bring in nearly the amount of money not, that no. that this did. Um, I mean, th- this movie is uh, in, uh, approaching a billion dollars, I believe, yeah. at the at the box office. I can pull up the real numbers, but yeah, um, 
let's talk a little bit about the voice talent in this movie because it uh, is absolutely incredible. And I alluded to the fact that Bill Murray is my second favorite voice actor. My first is Idris Elba as Sheer oh. Khan. Oh, he's good. He's good. Idris Elba in this movie is absolutely terrifying. Uh, and he has a presence to him just through his voice acting that is absolutely incredible. Uh, so I... I, I love the entire cast, um, but and Scott just pulled up the box office numbers for me. Worldwide, it's at $934 million. It's probably going to stay pretty close to that, but yeah. you're talking it almost broke a billion um, yeah. for a, a movie that, that they probably... It probably performed much better than Disney expected it to. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, let's talk about some of the other voice acting in this movie uh, and maybe why that allowed this movie to succeed um, in such a way. So are there other people you want well, to call out? I was going to say, though, the, the strength of the 67 animated movie, I think, is the voice actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they cast some of the greatest voice talent at that time there I mean I mean the I mean George Sanders of Shere Khan in that movie is one of my favorite vocal performances of all time and here Idris Elba delivered one that was just as good so you're putting on the same level you're not gonna it's, you're not gonna be able to say which one's better see you well, know I, and that's fine. I mean, no, it's is, fine to say is, it's on the, the same level. The interpretations of Shere Khan were different. This one was a much darker Shere Khan, whereas the one yes, the, it he, was. He, was, he, he was an elegant Shere Khan in the original one who didn't have to do much violent acts. Well, the one that I'll say, though, is uh-huh. to, to prop up the one from the 1960s, 70s, whenever uh-huh. it came out, was I haven't seen Jungle Book, the cartoon, uh-huh. in probably 10 years, but as soon as you mentioned Shere Khan, his voice is in my head. Yeah. Now. So that's something about the voice actor right there yeah. is I can remember the voice. Yeah. Okay. But 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 yeah, and then the the other major one, you know, you were talking about Bill Murray, and Bill Murray did steal the show in this movie, and Phil Harris, that voice of Baloo in the original one, is just embedded in my memory. Well, he's also in every single Disney movie from that. That's true. He was because he he was also Little John and Robin Hood. My uh, favorite Disney movie. Just throwing it out there. uh, (laughs) And but 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 the the animated Jungle Book. Is very different because it has it's a lot more it's got a very laid back tone to it and you know it's got that jazzy score to mm-hmm. it you know with um, I want to be like you and everything and you have that great moment with um, Phil Harris who was this great jazz singer playing Baloo and Louis Prima as King Louis and that doing this you know scat duet that was improvised on the set at that time and mm-hmm. everything and so so that movie has its own distinct quality but uh, you know Christopher Walken as King Louis in this I was sort of down on Christopher Walken when I heard he was going to be King Louis. But he really... He delivered, the didn't he? I, yeah. You know, it was one of those... You mean like, King Kong? You, you, you talked <laughs> about... He was huge. Yeah, he was. You talk about uh, some of these voice talents from this uh, 2016 film, mm-hmm. and you don't immediately place them, because like you were saying, Disney in the 60s kind of owned that voice talent. They uh-huh. could go back, and they could pull from anywhere that they wanted. Uh-huh. But these aren't guys that were on screen. Hardly ever, right? Well, George Sanders, who played Shere Khan, is a really well-known okay. actor. But okay. other than that, most of them were vocal talents. They were yeah. vocal talents. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're talking about this movie, and for those of you that haven't seen it, I mean, we've mentioned Bill uh, Murray, we've mentioned Idris Elba, and ben Scarlett Kingsley Johansson, too. Ben Kingsley as Bagheera, He's and Lapito Nuango as... Um, Raksha and just it goes on and on. Christopher Walken, uh, Gary Shandling, rest in peace, yes. uh, is in this movie. But you know, just so many 
amazing voice talents um, throughout. But these are these are heavy hitting actors uh, that you don't necessarily pin in a voice talent type mm-hmm. role, which is why it's interesting that it worked so fluidly and so well. Yeah, and maybe part, some of that's the stop motion and uh, they, it looked they were really, really able, good. It looked wonderful. They yeah. were able to uh, put these folks in those little polka dotted uh, <laughs> body suits uh-huh. and be able to. Um, kind of capture some of their actual movements as well and that's something that Favreau seemed to do seamlessly since we are talking about a Disney movie and a six year old came down here Stasia do you want to tell us what your favorite thing about the Jungle Book was what'd you say say it again King Louie King Louie was her favorite thing and then she had to show her butt to us I don't know (laughs) that's awesome she got a little embarrassed for all those out there in podcast land I was a little disappointed because when he started doing I Want to Be Like You I was hoping we'd get this Christopher Walken Bill Murray duet Uh, and the other one but they weren't going in that direction but it was because they made King Louie a lot more evil and a lot uh, bigger. Yeah. I, 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 he I was like King Kong. Because Baloo was bigger than King Louie in the original. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't understand that choice. That's the one choice yeah. in this movie. That It'll be interesting to hear like a director commentary. Yeah, Maybe Fabro yeah. would just be like, hey, I'm a big guy, so I wanted a big monkey. Dude, he was like 30 <laughs> feet tall. <laughs> no, he was yeah. pretty big. There's no way he got into that temple without like ripping up the roof and coming in through the top. Yeah, um, that was a that was an odd choice for sure. But and then, uh, but but no. The one thing I liked about this movie was that they uh, fleshed out the characters of the wolves a whole lot more. Because mm-hmm. in the animated film, you just have them sort of at the beginning, and then they right. send Mowgli off, and then you don't see. Yeah, them they anymore. all survive in the animated film yeah, too. That, that's true. Yeah, Akila <laughs> doesn't get thrown off a cliff. The the thing for me and Craig, you may uh, appreciate this too. With Jungle Book, the thing that I remember the most. It's not the movie or anything else. It's the fact that Cub Scout steals everything from the Jungle Book. Right, Aquila. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you have the den, you have the pack, uh, you have uh-huh. the leader is the Aquila. I mean, it's the tiger cub. I mean, it's yeah. Cub Scouts just basically <laughs> rip Jungle Book everything. Uh, absolutely, they do. <laughs> I, I love how I kill conversations. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're the conversation no. killer. And then uh, Scarlett Johansson <laughs> is uh, as Ka. The the interesting thing though is Ka's only in that one scene. Right? Uh-huh. The original one, she, he's you know he's working around. with Shere Khan. He isn't works he? with Shere Khan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know if maybe Scarlett and he was voiced was by a... Winnie the Pooh in that movie, Sterling Holloway. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. And it just, it's basically <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. He didn't with, try anything. Winnie new. the Pooh with a list. <laughs> Scarlett is. Was probably at the time filming Civil War, and then also um, a racially charged ghost in the shell. And getting so. CGI eye slants. Yeah. Did you see that? <laughs> I did. That was a poor decision. <laughs> um, but it, Supposedly they're not doing that now. They've just they've learned here in their ways. That's No good. cloud atlas for them. That's good. Um, <laughs> talk a little bit about the technology. Uh, and you mentioned this in your first impressions of it. Uh, this is seamless use, and I, I, Scott, you are. A, I think a, a, I think you're a, but you do it in a way that, that makes sense, and I think for the most part you're right. Oh, but, really? can I get that but, in writing, please? But John Favreau was able to do motion yes. capture and CGI yes. in a way that has never been done before, yeah. and you said uh, in a previous podcast uh, that. You know, like five five years from now, the if you look at back at CGI movies, there's been so many advancements that yeah. it's not going to hold up. Uh-huh. I believe that this movie will hold up. You're right, and that what that what that's called is the uncanny valley. 
and what it is is it's usually used for talking about humans, but it works for animals too, is CGI gets to a point to where it is so close that your mind actually triggers something that says, that's fake, and it throws you off. We're still there with humans. If you watch a, a human CGI'd, you can tell it's CGI, and your brain's like, that's just not right. The, it's, this looks weird. We've gotten to the point now, I would actually argue Planet of the Apes did it first, but now with Planet of the Apes, Jungle Book... Uh, animals can look like animals yeah. on screen, unless you're watching the CBS show The Zoo. That looks really terrible. Uh, <laughs> I'm reading that book, by the way. Um, I watched the one episode last night, and wow. I haven't watched okay. any of the TV show. But so no, you're right. Once we once we jump over that uncanny valley to a point where it looks almost to a point where you cannot tell the difference between a real grizzly bear, which doesn't live in the jungle, and a blue, which doesn't live in the jungle. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's part of the source material. All these, you know, the guys writing it from India, they, none of these live in, like, yeah. the Indian jungle. Yeah. So, anyway. But uh, the whole point is, once you, once you jump over that valley, you're right, Craig, the CGI will hold up because they've gotten past that point. And I think with, again, I think Planet of the Apes did it first, but with this, they've gotten past that point, so we're there, and it can be seamless. Mm-hmm. And I do like the fact that they didn't fall into the trap that... George Lucas did with the Star Wars prequels. They were on set. They got to see everything, and that helped them with their acting. Because for this to work, your actors have to be very good at their craft, or it will not work. And they're really good. Yeah. So, and you gave uh, credence to our Mowgli in this movie. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of the professional great. critics. Uh, that was their. That was their one downfall to this movie was well, that they idiots. didn't feel that that this kid held his own, and I absolutely I think he did. did because um, when you look at some of the behind the scenes shots, you you see this building uh, that's basically all green screens all around, and maybe some tarps with mud on it, and that's supposed to be him sliding down. And how old was uh, this kid? I'm looking him up now. I I think he's he's got to be less than twelve, right? He doesn't have a man body, that's for damn sure. He's yeah, gotta be uh, but you could just. I mean, what I wouldn't give to trade places with him for a day and hang out with Idris Elba and Bill Murray and Lupita Nyong'o and Scarlett Scarlett Johansson and Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) He was born in 2003. So when they were filming this, he was born in 2003. Yes. So when they were filming this, he must have been 10 or 11 years old because he's now 13. 13. Well, maybe depending on when his birthday. Well, no, December 22nd. So he's still. 12. And one thing I will give this movie over the animated movie is I like Mowgli's arc. Yeah. It's a whole lot better because I feel like in the animated movie, Shere Khan is mostly defeated by Baloo and Bagheera. You know, Mowgli just does that little bit of the untying the uh, fiery branch to his tail and, you know, going. But he really has a knockdown, drag out battle with Shere Khan in this movie. And then, and and also matures a lot, you know, especially at the end when he, you know, gets the elephants, you know, to, Mm -hmm. you know, make make the water come, you know, and everything. But, and no, I like the, and you know, it wasn't really a secret. You can pretty much tell when they showed the scar on Shere Khan's face that it must have been Mowgli's dad who Mm -hmm. did it. But they played that to a point where there was a better connection yeah. with Shere Khan, and there was a reason. In the in the cartoon, Shere Khan just didn't like humans. And this yeah. one, I want to kill this guy because his dad scarred the hell out of me. Right, but also they gave Shere Khan that, that amazing just... Um, 
that presence, like that scene where he's first introduced and they're all drinking by the the watering hole because Which there's I this like truce. That plot. The peace rock. Yeah, yeah. The, the peace rock, and just he comes in and every one of those animals, regardless of who they are, mm-hmm. just freaked the heck out by uh, Shere well, Khan. When a Bengal tiger walks up to you, you're gonna freak out too. But you, but everybody, I mean, there's Black Panthers there. Yeah, there's the wolves all, the there. Algin, the Algin effect to him, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible, the, the presence that Shere Khan's able to yeah. have in this film. Yeah. And one person we haven't talked about yet, though, is uh, Ben Kingsley. You know? Yes, which, as which Bagheera. When he was speaking as Bagheera, I couldn't tell the difference between his interpretation of Bagheera and the one in the 60s yeah, Sebastian yeah. Cabot's in the movie. Yeah, it was it's pretty, pretty similar. Yeah. So that was brilliant casting on that part. And uh, he was... He was amazing too, and also they gave Bagheera a little more, um, a little more fighting power in this movie because Bagheera was kind of, um, you know, too good for everything in the other movie, and he still kind of is in this one. But the fact that he was able to take out Shere Khan mm-hmm. a little bit and everything, yeah. which is something he didn't do in the other one. Absolutely, agreed. So let's. Um, I don't want this to this conversation to go on too long with uh, with this particular Chris film. Like I like you talking just well enough. <laughs> but is there anything else that stands out between um, the animated film and how they've adapted it, How fa- the decisions that Favreau made? I'm looking at you in particular, Brandon, because you know the animated film so much better than the rest of us probably, but um, what are... what's one way that it failed to live up to the animated film? Hmm. Well, I would... I wouldn't call it a failing, but like I said... It's because you're a nice guy. Well, no. It's, I'm the dick. Scott's the jerk. It's just that this movie, uh, this movie was much darker, much more of sort of this action, you know, adventure film, whereas the other one has this, you know, it's a jazzy score in the other one. Yes. It's this, it's this, it, I, I it's forgot like, about that. It's got, uh, you're right, it's got a jazz soundtrack. Jazz soundtrack. It's got all these... Um, you know, it, it it's like hanging out with friends that movie most of the time, and then every once in a while, Shere Khan will jump in for a little bit of danger or whatever. So they're two totally different ones. The one thing I will say that I think might have cheapened some moments in the movies, I felt like there were too many jump scares. Oh, I, I didn't yeah. think the movie needed it. Sure. Um, you, you know, when because you knew when he was walking through that tall grass that at one point, you know, Shere Khan was gonna you know right. jump out at one point, and I, I just didn't think the movie needed that. But I think it lived up, and I mean, I wasn't I wasn't expecting them to use as many songs in the movie as mm-hmm. they did. And they, and at first, you're thinking they're not going to use any mm-hmm. because they don't show up. But then, about halfway through the movie, you're like, okay, yeah. we're going to pepper these in now. Yeah, yeah, and and it worked. I mean, even though I thought, okay, the the tone of this movie is a little bit darker. I don't know if the songs will necessarily fit in, but they did. I they gave it a little bit of brevity. Uh-huh. It gave it a little yeah. bit of brevity. And, and the, the two characters uh-huh. played off each other, Baloo and Mowgli, and that scene in the water, it just was a great scene. Well, and the fact that they, they introduced Bear Necessity through uh, yeah. Blue whistling uh-huh. probably, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 minutes before it was actually sung. Yeah. And Mowgli was like, what's that? He's like, it's the Bear Necessity. He's like, you know, he's like, this is my song. This is my thing. But you'll learn about it later. You know, sooner or later, about 10 years, we'll be watching a CGI version of Akuna Matata. Just the same idea. <laughs> it's coming. God, I hope so. It's coming. Oh, man. Because that's, uh, that's a whole 
I want to have that discussion. But first, before I do uh, that, I want to see if you have anything yeah. that maybe what, failed to what, live up to. What the... disappointed me is that Louis did not run a cantina for pilots. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry for tailspin. Tailspin is much more in my memory than Jungle Book yeah. is. Um, but no, I think uh, I've already hit on. It. I think the the one choice that I, I don't know what the heck Favreau was thinking was making Louis into King Kong. It, it it doesn't make much in the movie. I get that, but it pulled me out of the movie because mm-hmm. in everything else, again, I joke. There's a grizzly bear in the jungle. Yeah, but. Everything makes sense. Baloo is a grizzly bear. He's about ten feet tall. That makes sense. Everything else is like they're looking like they're to scale, and then Louis is King Kong, and it just it it, it threw me off. That entire scene threw me off for that reason. And I would I think that's the one thing that I would go back to is um, it really pulled me out of the movie for a few minutes, and that's disappointing. No, yeah. uh, one thing I also thought it was interesting that he didn't go to the Man Village at the end yeah. of this movie. Right, but then the I read bait. the sequels in the works. Sequel yes. Yes. So. Yes. That, little, that little that little Indian girl is going to show I know. up. I was like, She's are, gonna are they going to do a the sequel? Water song. Is in the works. Yeah. The little temptress uh-huh. from the cartoon will show up. <laughs> She's there a little song and dance. And, and another interesting Disney thing. Studios yeah. on the Marvel side really bad yeah. about killing all their villains and not letting them come back. That's well, true. they definitely on this killed Shere Well, that's true. Let's let's he threw he fell into molten. That's true. Well, and another thing about the um, the original animated movie was it was the last movie that had Walt Disney's stamp of approval on it. Correct, it was. Walt Disney's last day ever on the studio before he died was walking in and seeing how things were coming along on the Jungle Book. And the uh, animators in that movie always thought that that last shot of Bagheera and Baloo, you know, with their arms around each other, whistling to the bear, that's basically Walt. So I know, I know how much you love classics uh-huh. yeah. and, and everything. Have you ever seen? You need to watch this documentary called The Brothers. It's about the Sherman Brothers, and it's absolutely incredible. Uh-huh. And because um, it it talks about. Uh, Bob and Richard Sherman mm-hmm. and how they basically made the soundtracks of our lives. I mean, yeah. if you if you go back and listen to uh-huh. them, but they were always fighting. They were always um, they actually didn't end up speaking to each other in their later years. Uh, Bob has passed away, and, uh-huh. and he was really resentful of Richard. Um, and so, anyway, that part of the that part's not exactly the the, <laughs> the best. But uh, one of the stories that you're mentioning. Uh, Walt, the last time that uh, he walked out of the studio, the last thing he said, he looked at Bob and Richard Sherman and said, "That'll do, boys." Mm-hmm. And then he walked out, and like just like that, just yeah. gives me goosebumps. Mainly because uh, almost like prophetic and and seeing yeah. his own fate, but but still, it, it just. Uh, just an incredible story, and Jungle Book was that last property that he really had deep involvement with. And I know he already plugged it, but you definitely need to listen to that Connecting with Walt podcast because they go oh, into great to, detail yeah, on all that. It. And it starts out with them in Chicago and goes from there. Oh, wow. It's very good. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so now what I w- would like to do is talk a little bit about uh, what we're looking forward to with the future of Disney films. And um, before I talk about uh, the, the way we're going to end the show every time is a Disney property or a film that we're excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll go around the table for that. But before we do that, Scott mentioned The Lion King as a potential adaptation. It has not been announced yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think that 
with this technology, they would be able to remove the human element because this still had Mowgli to ground us to that human world. Do you think that they could remove that human element and that the audience would still be able to buy uh, an all-animal movie like The Lion King being done in this kind of format? Absolutely. In a few years, definitely. Well, it's... It's just anthropomorphic. There you go. You almost threw it off, too. Anthropomorphizing the characters, and it already happens in the cartoons all the time. And I I think the audience will go with you as long as it's a good story. Yeah. So if you just dump the audience in with a good story, no one's going to care if there's a human element or not. Yeah. Uh, Because honestly, I mean, as much as I said the kid who played Mowgli was really good... Uh I didn't need him. I could yeah. have Baloo on screen with everybody else for a movie, and it'd be fine. Yeah. Because I like Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I mean, well, we know that The Lion King is a proven story, and that was one of the worries of Disney when they did The Lion yeah, King. Yeah, Shakespeare people, did a great they, job they with said, it back in Hamlet. Ham- Hamlet was a great, <laughs> great story. They said, are people going to come and pay to see, first of all, a story that was not, you know, well, of course we know it was based on well-known stories, but are they going to come and see a movie with just all animals with no human element in it at all? And of course they did. They drove out, and, you and know. It they, was but, huge. but I think that oh yeah, definitely. I think we've learned to suspend our disbelief enough with mm-hmm. you know movies. Of course, within the last decade, that uh, we, we'd buy it right away. I tend to agree, but I'm a shill for Disney. So, uh, <laughs> so with that, second opinion. So with that, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the movies we're excited for. This is mm-hmm. um, a segment where I want to talk about the announced movies, mm-hmm. not movies that we are assuming are going to be coming out. But of course, Disney has announced a slew of movies, and I'm going to see every single one of them. But I would like to know what you guys are excited for. I'll go ahead and go first since I've been putting you guys on the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy talked about this in a recent episode of news, but the Disney studio has announced that Wreck-It Ralph 2 is going to be coming out. And much like Jeremy, um, I am a huge fan of Wreck-It Ralph. It, I came to it a little bit late. Uh, I didn't watch it until maybe, I don't know, a year or two ago. Uh-huh. And uh, it was just a absolutely incredible original story. And... In the way that I hope Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One is able to give us that nostalgic feel about video games, uh, that's exactly what Wreck-It Ralph was able to do. And so Wreck-It Ralph 2, they've already said, is going to be taking place in the Internet age, which I think is very interesting. So uh, we could see you know, Master Chief in that Wreck-It Ralph 2 yeah. movie, or we could see uh, Overwatch, or we could see uh, any of these new properties coming up. Uh, I, I think that they have to have Warcraft in there somehow. Just the way that they're able to bring these properties together to tell a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, also, John C. Riling and uh, Sarah Silverman coming back as the leads. Absolutely. I, I think that uh, I'm excited about that movie. I can't wait for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott's shaking his head. What, which one did you not like? I like the movie. The movie was great. My concern is Sarah Silverman because that's where the movie could have been better for me, is when it turned into Mario Kart and Candyland mm-hmm. for the rest of the movie. I was hoping that he would be jumping from video game to video game the entire movie. Sure. And when they got stuck in Candyland, which... To me, it almost seemed like they had two movies. They had the video game nostalgia movie, uh-huh. and they had Candyland. And they said, screw it, put them together. 
And so when you say that Sarah Silverman's coming back, I mean, does that mean more Candyland? Because I doubt it. I mean, I think it's just going to be her character uh, walking through with the, the glitchy with Ralph. girl was fine, but I was just like, just do more hopping. Disney, you got the money, buy the rights to some movies mm-hmm. or some video games and do it. Because when you get stuck in Candyland, you lost me. I, I certainly hope. Well, I think that they needed something to ground the movie a little bit, but I certainly hope that we will see uh, Mario in this movie. So mm-hmm. Nintendo. Let Disney use your property. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, let them use. I mean, although Sonic was in, are, Sonic's owned by uh, Sega Nintendo now. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but it's a Sega property originally. Yeah, but so. Nintendo still has got their balls. But what I would say is, Nintendo, you're to the point where you're making mobile games. You can let Disney have your hey, Mario. Hey, the new Wii, the new 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 Wii is going to be great. Brandon, what movie are you excited about uh, coming out from Disney? Well, you know, excited might I, and anticipatory, I guess I could say, because they're going in a different direction with a movie that I love. Scott and I have talked about this on Facebook several times about our love for, we bonded. Dis- for Disney live action. We, we need to talk I, about some which, movies. Which, which I don't think gets enough. I think the animated movies get all the love, and the, Disney made some great animated movies, I mean, uh, live action movies between the 50s through the early 90s and um, my one of the ones that is dearest to my heart is Pete's Dragon and they're coming out with I think it's coming out next month in August yeah, yeah. it is and they're basing it off of the book this time so it's not going to take Ron place Howard's kids in it yeah and then Robert Redford's in it mm-hmm. and um Mickey, Mickey Rooney, Rooney is, is not, not in it, it. which is disappointing. <laughs> Shelley Winters is not. No. I don't Simon think and are. Garfunkel will not be in no. it. But maybe Simon. Maybe. Well, they were bridge over troubled waters. Well, man. I know, I know. But <laughs> but it, it it looks like a, a big departure. You know, of course, the dragon's name is Elliot, and the kid's name is Pete. But it doesn't seem like any of the characters but that you love from the original. Pete are in is Mowgli. He's Pete, been stuck I in know, the jungle. That's the one thing that that's when weird. I saw the trailer, that's the one thing that. Seems strange. He was to me. bullied in school, and he yeah. had a buddy. How is this difficult? Yeah, you can do that in the 2016. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, so oh. so that's the one thing that's bothering me. But I'm interested interested to see where they take it. And of course, I would love us to do a episode about the new one and the old one. I'm sure I'll be taking her. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so well, it's, well, Disney owns my childhood now. So they bought the rights to Star Wars and Indiana <laughs> Jones and Marvel. So, do you want me to stick with the non-franchise? I would prefer the non-franchise, because I know really Indiana be- Jones 5 is coming and out. And I'm actually looking forward to it, because sure. it can't be as bad as Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Sure, but if you have another one, uh, we'll go with that. First. I will say, uh, I already mentioned Robin Hood is my f- favorite mm-hmm. Disney cartoon. One of my other favorites is Sword in the Stone, mm-hmm. and they are doing the, re- the live-action remake of Sword in the Stone. It's scheduled for 2018. I have no idea what it's going to be about. I mean, obviously, it's probably going to have Merlin and Arthur in it, just a guess. But um, I, I like that that part of history. I like the Arthurian tales. Yeah. I think they can play it well. I would love to see them do something like they did with Jungle Book to where make Merlin a kooky guy like he was in the cartoon yeah. and just kind of play off that a little bit more. Don't make it too serious. Just go with the cartoon. I think you'll mm-hmm. be okay. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. And I I mean, I could go on and on and on and the great part about this is we've got more episodes where I can talk about <laughs> Beauty and the Beast and how I might get to see it early on my cruise ship uh, because they show first-run Disney movies. Wow. Uh, and so I might get to see that. I, I could also talk about uh, Gigantic that's coming out, uh, the Jack and the Beanstalk retelling. Uh, Hopefully so, it's better than BFG. 
<laughs> Hopefully it does. Uh, but so many other amazing movies that are going to be coming out um, and so many movies in Disney's past that I would love to revisit. And so that's what we'd like this show to be about. That's what uh, we are going to be doing looking forward. If you have any uh, kind of comments or you want us to talk about a particular Disney classic or show, uh, please get in touch with the show. And since I'm usually the pitch guy, I'll throw that over to Scott for this one. Uh, can you get them all right? I hope so. You can email us at thefrontrowmoviereviews at gmail.com. Make sure you put the the at the beginning of that. You can find us on Facebook at uh, The Front Row Movie Reviews. You can find us on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z. You can find us on YouTube at The Front Row Movie Reviews. And, of course, you can find us on our website, thefrontrowmoviereviews.com. That's a lot of The Front Row Movie Reviews. Yes, basically add dot something to it you'll find us but uh definitely go check out the new website it is up and uh you got box office reports some news articles there uh our latest podcasts are up there uh and we've also got sections where you can just look at each of the shows so if you want to check out brandon's classics you can find them all easily downloadable in one space uh you can check out flashbacks too if you want to kill yourself it's okay uh check it out and jeremy gave me the ability to pick the featured podcast for this month so the featured podcast for this month as you can tell when you look on w or on uh, com is WDW Radio hosted by Lou Mangello. Uh, check that out if you want to know anything about uh, Disney. Brandon, you love this guy. Uh, he talks about Harper Goff and his uh, influence on the Disney parks. I mean, nice. so many different... Um, classic iterations of Disney. Uh, and so to be able to kick off this Beyond the Mouse podcast, we thought that, that would be a great featured podcast to to have out there. So, anything else you want to wrap up with, guys? Well, we had a guest on the show, and we didn't do what we usually Stasia, do. Stasia, what's your favorite movie? Speak up so we can hear you. Okay. Come over go. here. Okay. What's your favorite movie of all time? Mm. You're thinking about it? Is it a Disney movie with two sisters? Hey, she can do something different, too. Okay, we're, dead air is not good. Pick. <laughs> wow, this is really riveting <laughs> audio podcasting. Okay, we'll get back to you. <laughs> Maybe on the next episode we'll find out what Stacia's favorite movie was. Uh, but thank you guys for indulging me. Uh, thank you for allowing us to be able to have this this Disney show. Um, be looking for another one. Maybe next month. Maybe a couple months from now. But we'll definitely be continuing to do this Beyond the Mouse. And we'll have many guests, including um, my wife Anna, Jeremy's wife Sarah. Uh, we'll have, of course, Brandon and Scott returning. We'll get Jeremy back in here. That three-hour we'll, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. <laughs> that three-hour Darby O'Gill and the Little People. <laughs> <laughs> podcast as well. Stacia's telling Scott her favorite movie, so maybe she'll tell us. Can you translate from six-year-old? Oh, okay. she's still thinking. I think about she's it. done. But I bet if we would, if she would just let it go and say that it's frozen, I'm guessing she hasn't that's one of her. In a while. That's why I didn't know. One of her favorites. But thank you all so much, and uh, we've enjoyed bringing this to you. And this is the Front Row Movie Review Podcast, and we'll see you in the front row with a pair of Mickey ears. Have a wonderful day, evening, uh, or whenever you're listening to the podcast. Because we like you. Oh, shit. Because we like you. <laughs> Zorro, Zorro. Zorro. <laughs>